Nature Clean has been making non-toxic household cleaning and personal care products since 1963. Their ingredients are naturally derived from plants and minerals for an effective yet environmentally friendly clean. Many Nature Clean products are approved by the USDA as being certified bio-based, and all their products are vegan and not tested on animals. Shop for many of their plastic-free cleaning options online at natureclean.ca. Hi, I'm Andrea Donsky, founder of NaturallySavvy.com and co-host of our Naturally Savvy podcast. And I am Lisa Davis, MPH health educator, co-host of Naturally Savvy and author of the book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex Memoir Cookbook Healthy Lifestyle Guide. At Naturally Savvy, we are here to help you make healthier lifestyle choices. So we are so honored that you are tuning in to listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. And we are here to engage you, have fun, and help you live your healthiest lifestyle. Now, on to the show. There are so many young people out there who are making a difference in these areas. And today we're going to be talking about some incredible young people who have come up with such innovative and creative ideas to make the world better. And it is such an inspiration. And joining us to talk about this is a fantastic Marianne Lernard. She is a best-selling author of the Stone Soup for the World series, who uses a stone soup model to inspire people to work together. We can build a more just, equitable, and sustainable world. In her new book, Stone Soup for a Sustainable World, Life-Changing Stories of Young Heroes, she spotlights 100 climate change trailblazers, environmental justice change makers, green inventors and entrepreneurs, sustainable business leaders, and intergenerational legacy figures. Marianne is an innovative educator thought leader, sustainability champion, and business strategist with a lifelong commitment to humanizing education to prepare future leaders to build a better world. In her role as a founding director of the Stone Soup Leadership Institute, she has used these educational tools and trainings with multicultural young people who are on the front lines of climate change, social justice, and economic equity. She is recognized as a public-private partnership consultant, a design-thinking pragmatist, and a sustainable workforce development strategist. She is amazing, and I am absolutely thrilled to have her on the show. Marian Larnard, welcome. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here. It's great to have you on. So when did you first have this awareness about what is going on with our environment and just how dire things are? I've been privileged to work in a lot of uh, communities that are canaries in the coal mine, if you will, um, on the front lines of climate change. So uh, one of the more significant was I was in Vieques, Puerto Rico. We were asked to work there for four years. And, um, you know, they were used to having some kind of weather. But I was there uh, my first year. I was there for four years. And the first year we had 24 inches of rain in 24 hours. Oh, my gosh. And the home that I was house-sitting was flooded, and um, I had to go to higher ground. And, um, you know, people there kind of adapted, and, you know, they didn't have any local radio stations or TV or anything, so the rest of the world didn't know what was happening there. And so I think that's one of the things that I've come to appreciate is how much is going on that in America we don't necessarily hear about. 
You know, I wanted to read this from the book. I love the dedication. You write, at the beginning of every summit, I welcome our new youth delegates with a heartfelt apology. I'm sorry. I am truly sorry that our generation has left them with such a mess. But I also tell them that we will do whatever we can to support them and give them the tools they need to plan for their lives so that they can help their families, their communities, and our world. That's beautiful. Well, you'll make me cry, which is what I do when I say it. Because, um, you know, we have these young people from Vieques or from Virgin Gorda, the Philippines or Sri Lanka, Hawaii. They come together and share their stories with each other. Now it's virtually, but it used to be in person. We would have a week-long summit. And um, in working with the young people with 38 countries, um, I really have this sense of responsibility to them. You know, to somehow do whatever we can to shine the light on them. Yeah. You know, one of the things that surprised me, too, was reading about uh, Walter Cronkite and how for more than a decade he served as Stone Soup Leadership Institute's honorary chairperson. You can only imagine my surprise when I pick up the phone on a Saturday afternoon. I happen to be in the office and... You know, Miss Larned, this is Walter Cronkite, and we were having we were having a board meeting in the other room, and uh, some of my board members were there, and I said, Shh, "Walter Cronkite, close the door," and they were like, "Yeah, right," and I said, "No, it is," and he asked me to, um, you know, come to his office on the fifty seventh floor of CBS in New York City, and he was concerned about the state of the world. Um, he was concerned that people weren't educated enough about the issues that we were facing and so that that was going to uh, limit their ability to be able to vote for people who could address those issues. So he wanted to make a television series on my first book. And um, so we worked together for quite a while on amazing projects. And it's, you know, thanks to him that we create these videos now on social media. They have to be under two minutes. But we have, you know, several hundred um, videos of the young people that we feature in the book. And um, listening to them share their story is, you know, so powerful. One of the, the young people who um, was nominated by a very special woman in Sri Lanka, um, Shreya is from Nepal. And she's been one of the champions of the Mach 26, where the kids were working together to come up with the demands. And, you know, she has just, uh, Nepal isn't even in the news right now for the monsoons and millions of people are displaced and hundreds of people have been killed and you wouldn't even know it. And I've been, you know, texting with her, talking with her. She just received our Young Heroes Award and she's just a, a bright light and so kind and so thoughtful and so helpful in terms of educating people about what's going on. But she's really quite the um, role model and hero of the Nepal youth and their efforts to try to not only, you know, get the world to understand, but their own leaders to really empower and support the young people. Because, they, you know, we have so many young people who I find when you ask the young people, what are the issues that most affect you and you want to do something about? And nine times out of ten, they want to help the younger people. 
they really feel like, you know, while all of these issues can be overwhelming in today's world, but the number one thing is that they want to reach back and support the other young people to know what they can do, to have hope, to have tools, to have opportunities. We have in America, we have Jerome Jerome Foster, who is President Biden's youngest member of the Environmental Justice Council. He's 19, and uh, he's, you know, a sophomore in college. And, uh, you know, he's really, uh, you know, one of those bright lights who has supported, you know, a lot of the young people. He's nominated several young people to be in the book also. He loves the family. Loves the family aspect of what we're doing, of bringing people together. Um, but he's found his his voice along the way, helping to organize and shine the light. He was the one who helped to organize um, Fire Drill Fridays with Jane Fonda in front of the White House. And uh, you know, he was at one point, you know, really struggling about living next door to the White House and what he saw as a young black man. Um, but in that process, he was invited to be Congressman John Lewis's intern. And so he started to learn about how to build bridges, how young people could be part of the solution within how he could find a balance between, um, you know, being an activist and, and also being on President Biden's Environmental Justice Council and being a sophomore in college. And Shia Bastia, she's originally from Mexico. And so she's been on some of our um, bilingual press with like Telemundo and so forth. And she's, um, you know, really quite the champion for uh, the Global South and for Indigenous people or families, Indigenous. You know, I was really moved when I read about your meeting John Lewis. And if, if you can talk to us about that. Uh, well, it was a simple notion, really. Um, it was on Martha's Vineyard, and um, we were working with the community. It's my first book. And... Um, there was a, a murder in the town of Oak Bluffs. It was really upsetting to people of a black young person. And so our organization said we wanted to do something. And so um, we had organized events in the community in the past. And we had a woman who was on our board who was a black woman from the head of the Chamber of Commerce. There was a a black principal from the schools and so we got together and it was august and we said well it was the anniversary of dr king's i have the dream speech august 28th and so we said and and in august is a time when a lot of uh, significant people come to the island especially the town of oak bluffs so we wanted to help build a bridge between the people who visited in the summer and the people who lived there year-round and and to kind of scratch our heads and say what could we do and uplift the people together and so we had this event at the uh, union chapel which was kind of a it's a prominent church right in the center of Oak Bluffs and um, we would invite the president or other dignitaries to join us and um, you know they usually politely said no um, and this time President Clinton said yes and um, we had invited John Lewis 
to, to join us, but we had to disinvite a hundred people because the media came. So they, so we had uh, quite a quite a, an event, which you know was broadcast internationally, um, and. Because of the numbers of people that were there, there were less. My chamber of commerce and principal were, um, they asked me to be the spokesperson. So I was the only person from Martha's Vineyard on the stage at that point, along with a young person. And uh, at the end, we always end our events with the song, We Shall Overcome. And so I, you know, was sitting next to Congressman Lewis and I whispered in his ear I said we're going to sing we shall overcome now and he stood up and crossed his arms and and said this is how Martin taught us to sing so I that's a special moment in my life to remember how Congressman Lewis taught me how to sing the song properly Naturally Savvy Podcast is sponsored by Morphus for Menopause. The experience that you had with John Lewis is so powerful. And in the book, you write, these young black leaders know that climate change and global warming impact women, minorities, marginalized peoples, and indigenous communities disproportionately compared to the rest of the country. And you also say, my indigenous friends have been my greatest teachers. Yes, Absolutely. Well, one of our board members, Nani Alejandre, who uh, is the founder of Barrios Unidos, is a um, Native American medicine man as well as a Latino leader, and works with Harry Belafonte with um, prison reform. And, um, you know, he's like my brother, and uh, he has my back, and I have his. So, um, and he has a retreat on the top of a mountain in Santa Cruz where he has a sweat lodge and so you know I've learned a lot from him and um, from my other indigenous friends and about paying respects about honoring our earth about honoring seven generations about um, honoring our elders and empowering our young people I want to talk about Vanessa Nakate from Uganda. She was the only young black woman. She was cropped out of an AP photo with youth leaders standing together together with Greta Thunberg. The way that Vanessa has used that situation um, is to be able to leverage the issue is that she as a representative of Uganda and of the continent of Africa, Africa is uh, and has been on the front line of climate change for the longest time which has impacted all aspects of society there. And it's often neglected in our media. And so um, I was thinking the other day about how I was involved with Live Aid and the follow-up to Live Aid and how, you know, Bob Geldof and all of the uh, celebrities were involved with trying to address the famine. And and we, we don't always connect the dots that the famines that are happening in Africa are directly affected because of climate change. And the wars that are in the Sudan and so forth are over water rights or land rights. And so that's one of the things that the, the stories help people to understand the connection. Because we, we kind of try to 
um, minimalize the issues that they're facing because it seems so overwhelming to us. Oh, they're always fighting or there's always these issues. But, you know, the exploitation that's happened from the first world countries of, of the global south is how this has happened over time. And we have, you know, benefited from the... Uh, or the corporations have benefited. I don't know how many of us have benefited, but the corporations have benefited. And so these young these young people are trying to piece together the dots so people will understand how it has come to be like this at this point. So Vanessa um, has really become one of the superstars. Um, and she was just with Greta in... Um, Germany, because they have another fracking project there that they're trying to stop. And so she's now become the one that um, helps to shine the light on other countries and the issues that are going on in those countries. And oh, that's fantastic. She was one of the first of uh, the Young Hero Awards that we presented. And uh, we give we give the young people some financial support and mentoring and develop partnerships with them for her solar project. Her project is to try to help children in Uganda to be able to be educated. So she has solar project in the schools there. Oh, that's great. You know, one that really stuck out, uh, Mitzi Ionel Tan. Ionel Tan. Oh, oh, it's a J. I'm sorry. I couldn't see on that. I couldn't even imagine this. I grew up afraid of drowning in my own bedroom. Well, I, you know, have had the privilege of living and working in the Philippines um, on and off since 1987 and um, have you know, met people like Maria Ressa, who just won the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, and, um, you know, the Philippines is, is 10,000 islands. So it's very, uh, you know, affected by the tsunamis and the super typhoons and so forth. So I learned firsthand about not only that, but also economically, um, other countries whose name I won't say, um, you know, will come into the Philippines and give some poor uh, fisherman who doesn't have any fish yet, give him a chainsaw and say, here, if you clear cut this land, we'll give you this chainsaw for free. And yes, so, I remember reading about that in the book, smoke coming out of my ears. The majority of people in these remote islands are in... Uh, living with next to nothing and so they just try to survive so if someone gives you a chainsaw for free and says all you have to do is cut down some trees it you know they cut down trees just to heat you know their food so they don't really they don't understand the implications of that so there's a whole education campaign now going on to encourage people to not cut down their trees like that you know right um so that's number one is in, is to have people think beyond tomorrow's lunch or dinner to feed your family. And that's a very hard reality when you have children that are hungry. So, you know, I think that in today's world, we just go to the store and buy something. And, you know, in a lot of these communities, they don't have that. They have to forage for whatever they can find. And so cutting, getting a chainsaw looks like a gift at the end of the right. day. We, we, we've done that in a lot of countries, unfortunately. So I, 
I'm not blaming anyone specifically today, um, but it's a, it's an awareness that, you know, um, giving gifts, sometimes we need to think twice about the gifts and, and the impact on that person and on that community. I want to talk about Vihan Argarwal, Turning Trash into Trees, One Step Greener in India. And I love that they decided to start their own organization, again, a One Step Greener. And at first, he, he and his brother were just sorting their trash and recycling from their home. But then soon they had 20 other households doing it, and then 20 grew to 100. And it's just, and they hired a truck. And it's just really nice to see how these little things can grow. Well, they definitely um, have a vision and a plan and, you know, have developed a lot of partnerships. I think that's one of the things that we try to encourage is that, you know, there are a lot of other people in communities, in countries that are trying to do good. And so if you can connect the dots, because large projects take a lot of people. And I remember talking with our youth in Pakistan and just incredible what he was doing. And I said, you know, it'd be really great for you to meet with the minister because I happened to meet with the minister of Pakistan when I was in Sri Lanka. And so I introduced the two of them. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the people in the government who really want to do well need these young people to come along and say, let's work together. And of course, they're great on social media, Vihan and Brother Naver. You know, they have some savvy people who are making sure their voices are heard. So they're getting all kinds of awards. And, you know, it's become an opportunity for these government leaders to bring the young people to, you know, for photo ops, but also for partnership opportunities. So they're doing amazing work. I mean, India's got some big issues and trash is is the one on the forefront. I mean, we had so many stories nominated from India as well as other countries, but um, what I, one of the things that I find is most interesting is how the young people are very clever at coming up with creative solutions and innovations. And so we, we try to encourage the young people to think about cre either creating their own organization or startup organizations like Danielle Fernandez's Sustainable Ocean Alliance um, for the blue economy is just taking off. And so many of these young people who see a problem and A, want to do something about it, but B, they need to make some money. And so investing in these kind of startups is smart business. It's a win-win-win. So we try to encourage more people to rethink where they're investing their dollars, and um, there's so many opportunities right now. Yeah, there really are. You know, another one that jumped out at me was uh, Yvonne Peter from Alaska. When he was 16 years old, Yvonne had an epiphany about the profound inequalities between the Native and non-Native peoples in Alaska. Quote, we are not taught in our schools about the history of colonization and the assimilation of Indigenous peoples and the trauma and social challenges that persist in many Indigenous communities as a reflection of those experiences. And I just thought that was so important when he's talking about issues relating to healing and trauma. And, you know, one of their major goals is to prevent suicide, which is at epidemic levels. If you can talk a little bit about that. Well, um, you know, we have 
neglected and exploited the indigenous peoples for so long and um, avoided listening to them. And so the, it affects the young people. And, you know, here on one hand, they are taught by their elders to be more thoughtful about the environment, and yet they feel powerless to reach out to others to help them to understand that. So it has a huge effect on their mental health. And then, you know, the quality of food that they eat is, you know, too often not conducive to good mental health and the schools, the worst in our country. So, um, you know, Yvonne has been one of the champions in Alaska. Um, and we have so many others in you know, in the United States that have been champions. Autumn Pelletier in Canada has been a champion for water rights among indigenous people. I think Standing Rock is probably one of the stories that people are most familiar with in terms of um, the whole country rallied behind, you know, that pipe, stopping that pipeline. Right. So too often, you know, we have we have marginalized these indigenous communities and the young people feel that deeply because they just don't see any hope. So I think that, you know, Evan being the youngest uh, chief in his tribe and being such a role model, you know, on his social media, he's always posting about the cu customs and the cultures and how they're carrying that on and how they're passing that on. Oh, that's great. To his children and to to others and to try to get um, indigenous peoples in positions of power. That's one of his focuses because then hopefully better decisions will be made about watching over the people. You know, Marianne, for listeners, if they're wondering, well, what can I do in my everyday life? Like, I okay, I recycle and I bring my grocery bags to the store. But what are some other things? Obviously, I think people should donate and people need to, you know, help support these young people and what they're doing. But what about just in, in terms of their own actions and behaviors? Well, I think that, you know, Lily, one of our youngest uh, people, Lily Platt from the Netherlands, uh, would encourage people to uh, look at what they buy and how much packaging you know, and, and in Europe, they're starting to ban packaging of vegetables and fruits. So I know in my own life, I mean, I have to really pay attention to that. You know, how can you buy, you know, just everyday things that you need without this excessive packaging that goes into some landfill most too many of the time. So I think, you know, from a consumer point of view, uh, and also, you know, I think to buy a lot less. I, I'm a minimalist, having lived on islands for 20 years, I don't have a lot of possessions, and I think that that's something that we need to really rethink as, as the holiday season comes around. We, we may not need to buy as many things, more um, contributing to causes that matter for our children, letting them help decide what kind of causes we might want to support, I think young people really care about the future and they care about other young people and I think if they had a choice you see so many children wanting to do something positive for their bar mitzvah or for their birthday I think that engaging children in less buying, less consumerism and more philanthropy I think would be good for everybody good for the children's soul for sure oh yes I think that you know uh, I'm a big fan of, of consignment stores. 
Oh, I too. think that, you know, Jane Fonda made a, a commitment to not buy any new clothes. And oh, that's great. The fashion industry might not like that idea, but I get fashionable things a couple years later. I just buy them at the consignment store. You look gorgeous. And especially with jeans, the amount of water it takes the crappy chemicals they put in and everything. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm so about consignment. I love it. I think that another thing that people, most people have a 401k plan and some kind of investments. And I think that um, learning about sustainable investments is really going to change everything. I think that if people try to be able to be more conscious of where their money is going and, and what it's supporting, I think would make a huge difference. I think so, too. I think you're delightful. Was there anything, Marianne, that you wanted to add today? Soupforyoungworld.com. Okay, great. Oh, this has been really exciting. Again, the book is Stone Soup for a Sustainable World, Life-Changing Stories of Young Heroes. Marion, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa. Nice to meet you. You too. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.